This podcast is dedicated to the proposition that every Christian should be a constant and devoted reader of the Bible, and that the primary business of the church and its ministry is to lead, foster, and encourage people in this life-changing habit. Well, here we are back again, thriving in the Word, and we're uh, in the book of Acts, uh, chapters 1 through Seven, we've been in it. I don't know. We're probably episode. I'm guessing 111. I'll I'll take a guess. I don't know if we're, we're right or not. We need to have a tally somewhere. Um, we've been talking about that for a while, and um, this is week seven, I think, of this book. Okay, yeah. So maybe yeah. So we're probably around 110, 111. Anyhow, um, so we are uh, we're discussing this, and we have uh, Mike with us, Johnny, Dave, Lenny, Ben, and myself. Um, and so we're going to be jumping right into this discussion. So anything stand out to you guys as we've been reading uh, over this past week? It had stood out to me, and I was reading it all week, and then the sermon that you gave due to the reference on Sunday really drove it home. And I don't know if anybody else makes these kind of connections, but I'm going to sh- tell you a connection that I made. And I'm talking about Stephen. All right, so we... We learn first in Acts 6 that seven men are chosen to serve to give out food ostensibly because the apostles wanted to spend their time preaching and spreading the word. So ostensibly, uh, they pick seven people that are going to give out the food or dole out the food because the Hellenists or Greeks uh, were complaining that they weren't getting a fair share. But we're not sure if that's what they were talking about, but... That's the way we're interpreting it here. Anyway, one of those men is Stephen. And in uh, chapter 6, verse 5, we hear where when the apostles proposed that idea, everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. And the first one, it says, Stephen, parentheses in my book, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And then I said, okay, let me read more about him. So I did some research, and I start reading in here uh, about it and about uh, what he did and what he went through. And then, you know, he probably gave maybe a 10-minute speech there to the Sanhedrin, to the council. Going back to the sermon, whoever heard the sermon Judah gave on Sunday about party crashers, I'm thinking of the four guys, the four men that lowered this man down. And, and you said one thing that's struck me and it made me again think of Stephen because I've been dwelling on it as I said I said these four men you said and and I thought about it I hadn't thought about it in that light before I thought it was a pretty cool thing that they did it but I didn't think of it in terms of what they went through and hopefully everybody knows the story what they went through what they did to get their friend to Jesus to share the word you know get him to to Jesus because they knew something might happen something good would happen potentially and they got him there. I thought, wow, it's just like Stephen. And, and anyway, I made this connection for myself. You might not see this the same way, but uh, Stephen here was trying to get people to Jesus Christ. And he gave his life up for it, basically. And I said, he, he was the same way, more, a little bit more extreme than these guys. I mean, they cut a hole in a roof and dug it out and cut a hole and lowered their friend down to get him to get, get this guy to Jesus. And, and Stephen was doing the same thing on a larger scale, trying to get people to Jesus, because let, let's go back. They said as I, that, that he was going to be one of these seven to share food, but he didn't do that. He didn't do that. If you look in verse 8, two verses later, 
My book says, Stephen, again, they reiterate, uh, or, or Luke, I should say, reiterates, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. Look, look what it says. Performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. So, I mean, was he multiplying fish and loaves? Maybe, because he was passing yeah. on food. But I don't know. I mean, you, you could interpret it any way you want. I'm thinking he did a lot of good things. And, yeah. and, and he, um, he gets these freed slaves, which are Jews that were free. And they're, and they're going to start to debate with him. They're from all other different countries. And I'm thinking they're debating with him, not because he's giving out food, but he's doing signs. He's talking about, he's talking about Jesus Christ. He's getting people like those four men, that, as Judas said, that crashed the party. He's getting people to be with Jesus. And then I, I carried it further than that, the parallels to Jesus Christ. If you think about this, if you haven't, in, in Here's the parallels of Jesus Christ. He's martyred. He's stoned. He's brought behind, before the Sanhedrin. All the same things that happened to Jesus. And two, look, look down in 15, uh, verse 15 in chapter 6. At this point, you know, after, you know, he, he's, talk, he's talking and he's saying, uh, you know, witnesses are saying, it. at this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because he, he said that Jesus could tear down his house because his face became as bright as an angel's. What does that remind you of? How about Moses on Mount Sinai after he had gotten down, to yeah. coming down? How about Jesus at the transfiguration? Yeah. I mean, there are parallels to Jesus Christ here. Revelation and, too, face like yeah. the sun. And then, I mean, to go further, and I'm not going to read it, but when Stephen gets martyred, what does he do to, the, what does he say about the people who are stoning him? Yeah, he yeah. asks for forgiveness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that not a parallel to right. Jesus Christ on the cross? Right. Yeah. Saying the same thing. I, I was lit up over this and, and, and two, because this young man gave his life up. Yeah. Again, we talk about martyrs yeah. and, and, I'm, and do you know what stoning, the stoning is, I don't know if you know, it's called lapidation from the, the role of, of Latin word lapis, which means stone or pebble. So lapidation is the is the act of throwing stones or pebbles, and and that's what they called it back then. So, uh, and, and we get the easy translation here: uh, stoning. Think about that. It was an accept an accepted practice at the time. That's one of the ways that they killed people: crucifixion, stoning, kind of gruesome. But I don't know if you know how it went about. I you know I, you know I do research, so they. Um, would push a person down into a into a pit something about twice as tall as he or she was and sometimes oxes too that's in leviticus you know if an ox did something wrong you know they stoned an ox um, there were 12 ways you could get stoned 12 reasons you could get stoned you can read them in i think it's leviticus or numbers but um, they push him down into the pit and then they threw a large boulder on him and if that didn't kill him if that didn't kill him then the first witness against that person would throw this first stone yeah. Almost, not a fun way to die. Yeah, not a fun way. But think about that. The first the witness would throw the first stone. What story does that remind you of? Yeah, yeah. Oh. my favorite. One of my favorite stories yeah. when Jesus said to the you know the crowd about the adulteress, "Let he who is without sin yeah, cast the first stone." The first stone. Yep. I mean, there's so much parallels in here. I was going yeah. crazy over this. I kept reading, reading. I'll shut up for a minute because it was it would a gruesome way to die they try to crush them with a boulder first a, a big a big rock like a big flat rock they once they pushed him into the 
I, I call it a pip, but it was supposedly the rules were a, about a whole uh, twice as the size of your height, you know, the person's height. So take your height twice that so size. They, they would put, they push you into that. And then if you didn't die from that, they would throw a big flat rock. I imagine, uh, you know, like a big flat stone. They would throw it out on your chest. And if that didn't kill you, then the witness oh, would throw Oh, I thought it was just like a gigantic boulder. Like, no, like, like I'm thinking like a Jones. cartoon. No, or no big Jones. flat rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big flat. They'd push oh, it. How are you going to survive that? Big flat rock on you. And, and then if you, if you didn't survive, then the first witness would throw a stone, oh, wow. a second one. And then everybody, everybody else would have to throw a stone. And, and it wasn't like small pebbles that they were throwing either. I mean, they're they're like you know big big rocks. And, and a per person is you know, and you don't die right away. It could be from what I'm reading, it could be 20 minutes to a couple hours yeah, as you're getting stoned. It, yeah, it's a horrible way. But again, what 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 did this man, this Stephen, and I take him to be a young man, give up? He gave his life up. He was a martyr, the first martyr. Uh, for Jesus Christ, for his faith. And we talk about that all the time. Where's our faith? What would we do? Yeah. You know, you know I, I, I want to kind of tag on to something that you're saying there as far as, because you're saying that, that you know, the, the, the similarities or, or whatever of, of, uh, of, of him in Christ and, and whatever. And, um, and that's not accidental because he's a follower of Christ. And so really, that's what all of us are supposed to be is imitators of Christ. And so, so it, it's, it's not like, oh, it's, it's not like this, uh, like in, in the old Testament, sometimes we'd see like types and shadows. We'd see like, like Abraham sacrificing Isaac. And we're like, okay, well that was, you know, reflective of what Christ would be like. This is after the fact it's not reflective in a prophetic way. It's, it's reflective in a discipleship way that if you are following Jesus, you should be like Jesus. And so if there, is, is, if there isn't similarities to you and Jesus, then are you really even following Jesus to begin with? And so that's why there's so many similarities is because Stephen took it seriously. He's like, if I need to be like Jesus. I need to you know, be out there. Um, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I need to be uh, doing good deeds. I need to be doing signs and miracles. And you know, I need to be preaching even at my last breath. And I need to be forgiving those people who are killing me, just like my master did. Not too long ago, I need to be doing the same thing. So it was intentional on his part. You know, it, it wasn't like accidental. It wasn't just something that like, like oh, I'll look, like there's some, it's like, no, it was like, this is how he was patterning his life. And, and I think that the takeaway for us is, well, we should be too. People should like look at our life and say like, oh, Dave, you know what? Like, you, like, I don't know, you just reminds me of Jesus when I see how you interact with people, you know? Can I bring it back? Can I walk it back a little bit? Let's say, you know, that's the extreme. Well, or is it the extreme? Giving up your life as Stephen did, as you said, okay, he emulated Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. But okay, how about this? Going back to the party crashers, would we, would we be willing to do that even to do something outrageous as that open up a roof and that could be an analogy but something like that short of giving up our life would we be willing to do that break through a roof to get our friend to jesus christ to bring someone to jesus christ we talk about that all the time that's our mission we're supposed to bring people to jesus christ would we be willing to do something just like that would we yeah i would say this uh, Two, two main things. Oftentimes when people talk about the book of Acts, they talk about the boldness of Peter, the boldness of, of Paul, the boldness of, of you know, Stephen or all these things. But Judah just said the word a minute ago, and I think it should be the takeaway. 
it shouldn't you know, yeah we should pray for courage and boldness and all these things right but these are people who are taking it seriously so are you taking your walk with christ seriously are you taking your bible reading time seriously are you taking your service to others via the kingdom seriously are you taking your relationship with the holy spirit seriously that you have been called by the living god himself to go whatever your gift is to go work that out to invite others to come to church or christ or a bible study or salvation to participate in the harvest that is plentiful but the workers are few because it's like we're like oh i want to be bold like this don't even forget about boldness how about you just take it seriously Take it seriously, because it's it's it is life or death, literally. But we don't we don't often do that. It's all like oh, it's all love and it's all blah. But love leaves a lot of room for grace, which is super important. It says it right here in uh, verse verse eight, like Dave brought up. Now Stephen was full of grace and power, and was performing great signs and, and wonders, which got to the whole types and shadow thing. So talk about grace. It's like this allowance or unmerited favor. You talk about love, it covers over a multitude of sins. If you do anything without love, what's the point? I get all that. I really do. But what about like holding fast? What about perseverance? What about suffering? Mm. What about that kind of meekness, that long sufferingness that Christ mm. had? Nobody wants that, do they? It gets a little bit hard in your walk. You feel a little uncomfortable. So now you're not going to share the gospel. Yeah. Right or money's a little tight, so you're not gonna help yeah, that, out. That, that's just it. Yeah. We we talked yeah. about that last week. That that was a question I had, and I, and I'm thinking of it again. What happened? And you just said it, Johnny. The, these guys, they they were doing this every day. What happened in 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 life as life went along? All these centuries. Look where we at now. We don't have. A, and again, I'm, I, I shouldn't say we because I don't want to include because I don't know. You know, I've been with you guys, but I think we as a society, let me put it that way, don't have the faith that these people that are do we exactly proverbs proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 it's the background of my uh phone but it used to be my least favorite bible verse because i was like oh this is just a cop out for cults you know what i mean this is just indoctrination but now it's one of my all-time favorite verses it's lean not on your own understanding but acknowledge god in all of your ways and he'll make straight your path i love that and and this is what's so profound about that here here as we're approaching the end of six into chapter seven which is ultimately going to be the the first christian martyr the stoning of stephen that's exactly what Stephen was doing. Mm. And it was, it's the same thing. Uh, if, if you go back a few verses at the end of 6, and um, it talks about how they appointed, you know, arguably the, the first deacons because yeah. to, to settle the disputes, it lists a bunch of men. Stephen is probably the most famous out of those men. But each one of those men were picked on, on the same, quote-unquote, merits of being full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Like, for example, Philip. Can anybody here remember about Philip? Where else Philip is talked about in the Bible? Stephen and Philip, if you get to chapter 8, yeah, Philip is mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Philip and Stephen out of those seven are the two that are mentioned. But as Johnny said, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but the rest of them weren't. But they're all just as important. They were selected for a reason. And this is what God does. People get used. And and you know what it shows to me now that you're on that is that we, we don't have to get recognition. We just need to do. We don't need to get recognition. Those men didn't get recognition. Stephen and Philip did. Yeah, Philip's in, I think he's in eight, I believe, Johnny. He's in, they, he's they, in they, Acts they, 21. Or 20, somewhere he, he, they mentioned. But the reason, yeah, the reason why I'm bringing up Philip is Philip is cited as being an evangelist. And that term evangelist only shows up two other times in the Bible. Yeah. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11, and I think it's in 2 Timothy uh I can't remember the exact address, but it's the only other times in the in the Bible, in particular the New Testament, where it mentions the word evangelist. And Philip is most um, recognized for, he was the one who baptized the Ethiopian eunuch 
along uh, the roadside, right? And that was the start of the church in Ethiopia. Yeah. So it's interesting because you have people that are like, oh, you know, Christianity, and it's like um, this this colonialism, and it's you know brainwashing these tribes in Africa, and that's why you guys send uh, missionaries to go. No, no, pump the brakes here. Christianity was around centuries before. Like, like for example, the Ethiopian Bible is 400 years earlier than the King James Version of the Bible. And it's because of Philip. Because Philip was just like Stephen here, where he was not leaning on his own understanding. God said, go and meet this guy on the road and baptize him. Well, actually, it even predates Philip, honestly, because, uh, I mean, not, it's I'm not... I'm talking about Ethiopia. It's, it's yeah. not, no, I'm talking about Ethiopia as well. Not Christianity, per se, but, uh, but Judaism... Which was was the pre, uh, predecessor? Well, no, the Queen of Sheba. Yeah, Sheba. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, so yeah. when she came to be with Solomon, oh, yeah. many people believe that you know she got pregnant from Solomon, went back there. But then that's actually they begin to integrate Judaism in Ethiopia. Then obviously, so they're already being prepared, and then ultimately um, uh, they became a, a, a Christian country, the only country in Africa never to be uh, colonized by another uh, country. Interestingly enough, yeah, I got, I got, yeah, I'm just going to point this out to you. If you, if you look at chapter eight, and we weren't, we're not reading there, but <laughs> chapter eight, I just want to say that's where Philip preaches in Samaria. But there's a point here I want to make. Uh, if you, if you read uh, the, the, starting in verse four, it'll tell you all about Philip. And just to tell you that he goes to Samaria, Samaria, and other countries. Actually, with with the advent of Stephen and, and Philip and probably the other five guys, too, who were supposed to be giving out food, they're actually preaching. They're out spreading the word. And now we are getting the, the beginning of the church spreading beyond Jerusalem, beyond just, just you know, the confines of Israel, Jerusalem, let's say. We, we, we don't notice it. If you, I didn't either. And I started reading and said, okay, here's where this is now starting to take off. And one other thing, Johnny, you read... Uh, chapter 6, verse 8 again that I'd read. And, and, and if you read it, I thought of something. I said, here's another comparison. Read that thing. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power and performing amazing miracles and signs. There's another parallel to Jesus Christ, exactly. and I hadn't even thought of it until you just said it there. Yeah. yeah. I go, The miracles okay. thing, the miracles thing is important. This is the reason why I brought up Philip, right? The reason why I brought up Philip is, is pretty simple. Philip himself performed a miracle, and the miracle was on the Ethiopian eunuch, which is baptism, right? And every Christian has been invited by Christ Jesus himself to participate in, in, in miracle working because it is absolutely a supernatural miracle when you are being baptized because God says so. But we don't often think that we're miracle workers. We think, oh, Jesus was a miracle worker. Oh, Peter was. Oh, oh you know, insert whatever prophet or whoever. Mm -hmm. But every single believer who truly believes in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead mm -hmm. and, and confessed Jesus as Lord, mm -hmm. you get to participate in getting to uh, wash away someone's sins with them. You're helping them to be created in, um, as a new creation in Christ Jesus. The, the sanctification next step of their walk in step with the Holy Spirit and with Christ Jesus, but we don't stop and sit there. I mean, Lenny, how many people have you baptized? You can't even count them, right? Every time you were doing that, you were being a miracle worker because you partnered with the Holy Spirit and God to do the will of the Father. And heaven literally celebrates in those moments. And it's like, how, how profound is that? So every believer could be a miracle worker if they, if they really wanted to be, if they would just get some of this seriousness and boldness and courage that we can get when we tap into Jesus. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I mean, you're talking about uh, uh, Philip, you know, I just kind of jumped ahead there. Um, and I mean, obviously the most notable story about Philip is with the, uh, 
with the Ethiopian eunuch, as uh, as you mentioned there, and and he was, you know, um, probably one of the only people that that we know of that was translated, that like that was like moved from one point to the other. Because after he baptized the Ethiopian eunuch, it says um, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, yes. and the eunuch never saw him again. But if you back up again. There's the whole the whole thing with uh, with uh, Simon the sorcerer and all that stuff. And again, I know we're this is like a, a chapter ahead, but um, but a little sneak peek of what's to come. And it just says crowds listened intensely to Philip because they were eager to hear the message and see the miraculous signs he did. Evil spirits were cast out, and people who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And so, so again, it, it's just interesting these two. And the, and the reason why I'm kind of hitting it, and then I'll you know open up. I know. Lenny and Ben and Mike haven't really said much yet. So, um, but is that these were people who were commissioned to serve food. So they weren't even like the the apostles and it's like God like was and and I think this is just what's, uh, what's exciting for all of us is how God uses the weak things, the imperfect things, the least likely, you know, to, uh, to accomplish his, uh, is great work, but so how, how about anybody else? What, what else have you guys seen or observed? Well, the, you're saying like they got uh, their job was to serve food, and they were still doing miracles. So it's like, okay, Johnny, I want you to go and hand out food to these group of people who we know are away from God. No, I'm busy. No, <laughs> you're gonna do, but you say you all do it, and I know without even telling you that you are not going to shut up. Why you are doing that. <laughs> True. <laughs> Facts. It's like, it's like you're getting somebody in your tattoo chair. You know, yeah, you yeah. It's like the same it's just, it's the same thing. If I'm at the gym and I'm yeah. I'm in the sauna with somebody, I know they're in there for you know, it happens, bro. It, yeah. I can't control myself. So I'm like wondering like like <laughs> these, these people were appointed to do the food thing and they're like, Well, yeah, while they're doing it, these people are gonna talk. And they're gonna talk about the miracles of Jesus and they're gonna spread the gospel. They're putting putting them in front of a lot of faces. Yeah. Yeah. Putting yeah. them in front of a lot of people. And, and the irony and especially in ministry work today is that um some people say they wanna go into ministry and you'd be like, Okay, go feed the widows and they're like, Well, that's below me. It's like I'm not gonna do that. That's below me. It's like, well, this is ministering. You're gonna be talking to these well, people but, while but, you're I mean, doing e- this. Even if you're not talking, what I'm saying is, is it's like, what you see there is a humility from these guys, and it's like, and this is where like people they'll they'll talk to me about getting involved in ministry. I'm always like, well, start by cleaning the bathroom. Start by teaching kids. Start by doing, doing a job that. Start by serving in the nursery. Start by doing something that nobody else wants to do. And and these guys, I mean, you got. Stephen and Philip, and the reality is there's five others that we don't know much about, but they not necessarily are any less than these other seven. We just don't know their stories. And, um, but they were willing to take a menial task and use it to advance the kingdom of God. And so, so yeah, they, they are talking. I, you know, I definitely agree with what you're saying, Ben. Um, but I'm just saying that there's so many people in this day and age, it's like, well, no, I want this, that, and whatever, you know, and it's like now even you see like this, you know, celebrity status that so many people in ministry uh, tend to uh, tend to garner, and it's like, well... Sure, um, I'll, I'll sing in your band, but we're doing my music, and yeah. I'm the featured performer. Just, just yeah. pastors, what is it, Preacher Sneakers, <laughs> that, that, that social media account where you see these pastors and they have on $600 sneakers, $1,000 handbags, right, designer brand names, and it's like, 
who wouldn't want to do that if they, if right. if they're hearing a false gospel like the, let's say a prosperity based gospel right which is this idea of god wants you to be happy and healthy and wealthy and well i mean sure he's got a g5 jet why wouldn't i want that why why wouldn't why wouldn't i want to you know speak away you know someone's disease because god wants us to be healthy and so it's like they're they're almost like attracted to the idea of power and prestige and that's just human nature. We're all prideful. Yeah. And and that's that's the point you're bringing up, I think, is the idea that these these people that were chosen, they were chosen because they were full of faith. Yeah. And when you're full of faith, there's no task that's too small that, right. that God doesn't appreciate. God is so details-oriented. He says he knows the number of hairs on your head at any given moment. This is the same God that he arranged the atoms, right, and your, the strands of your DNA. He's a details-oriented God, you know? So it's, there's nothing too small. Yeah. What's been sticking with me has been the, the story of Ananias. So, I mean, like, you guys have been talking about sex and moving ahead, but, like, this shows, like, so you're talking about people who are, like, showing a lot of faith, and this is almost like showing of less faith. Mm. So uh, I'm going to start uh, chapter 5, verse 1. But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife, Sapphira? Sapphira. Sapphira? Sapphira. Sold some property. He bought... Uh, he brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount with his wife's consent, but kept the rest. Then Peter said to Ananias, Why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished, and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. But as soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everybody who heard about this was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what happened. Peter asked her, what was the price you and your husband received for the land? Oh, was this the price you, you and your husband received for the land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. So then Peter said, how could you two even think of uh, conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young man buried the, your husband are just outside the door, and they would carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the ground. Basically, the point is, like, they lied. Like, to God. To God. About his resources. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and he, he even comes out, and he said, like, if you wanted to sell it and say, we'll give you part of the money, we wouldn't be having this conversation right You'd now. You'd be alive right now. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that you said you give us all of it, and then you just went, oh, you know, God won't know if I hold a little bit of it back. T talk about pride and talk about leaning on your own understanding, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe they wanted to buy some new sneakers. And then later in the same and later in the same chapter, you see the exact opposite. You see people who you, you see insane faith as you have people who are literally throwing themselves to be in the shadow of Peter to be healed. I imagine the tithing was shot like the numbers just went through the roof after Ananias. And it, you know, people were just like, I don't want to die, just here's everything. That's one way to get the giving up in your church. <laughs> God's like, I tried it with joy, joyful giving, and you wanted to play with it. Question I keep comes in my mind, what happened? What happened from then till now? We're, are, are we, we're not like that. Well, we want to live... Uh comfortable lives as and Christ I'm followers. I'm not saying any one of you individual, I'm just saying the society. We're not like that. We're not like that, the early Christians, uh, excluding, let's say, Ananias and Sapphira. And as Ben said, if if they had been honest with God, you know, if I sold some now, I'm not going to say, Lord, I'm giving everything. I'm going you know, to hold some, but here I'm giving, you know, half of it for charity or to, for the church. Well, you see a lot of ch charities nowadays are like, there's these gummy charities where they go and well, they give. that's what I'm saying, Ben. They go, oh, I got to take out this fee and this fee and this other fee. Two words, what happened? Yeah. What happened from then till now? Mm. 
What happened? Slowly, all, all this happened, one day at a time, and all of a sudden, here we are today, and we're not like that. Hey, I had an idea, and, and you probably guys will think of, I'm thinking of another group, but I'm not. I'm thinking of the apostles and when Jesus said, go out two by two. What would you guys think of this idea? And if you think I'm crazy, that's fine, I don't care. Uh, if, you know, either we as a group of threes or twos, you know, one day, you know, we, we almost dressed up as the apostles, you know, just like with, you know, the clothes on like they did. And, you know, with almost nothing, uh, Jesus said, go out with nothing. And, and we, uh, you know, we worked uh, in, well, there's six of us, eight of us, you know, we get four of us and we worked the town and we went out and just spread the word that way, just to e emulate what they did back then. What do you think of that idea? Think about it. Don't yeah. tell me now. Think about that. Just go out. And we go down the business. We go to the center of Terryville Center here. We just we just go out and have people we see dress like that, and and we're and we spread the word that way. You yeah. like doing that? Let's you know, yeah. just think about that. Anyway, let's move on. Think about that. It came to my mind as we're talking here. You want us to dress like they did? Yeah, yeah. With, okay, that that alone will get us some attention. <laughs> so that, that, yeah. okay, do you mind attention if you're you're a Christian? So yeah. what? Yeah. Lenny, you were saying that like uh, people nowadays want to live comfortable lives. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I want you to expound on that. Yeah. I mean, uh, when you think about it, you've mentioned like uh, martyrs in China, right? Like they, they get, I believe uh, for people in China that are studying to be teachers, to lead their, you know, their uh, people, who are, people who are lost from the gospel, if they get caught uh, teaching, they go to jail for, I think, three years. And I mean, I, mean, I, I, I you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then if you're like there as uh, an ambassador, as Judah would say, like we're ambassadors for God, we don't belong here. Um, if you're from America or from a different country, you're not gonna be placed in jail, you're gonna be sent back home within the next 24 hours. North Korea is even worse. If you get yeah. caught, they put the kids and grandkids in prison yeah, if you yeah. get caught. So I, I was watching a, a sermon where there's a gentleman who goes to China to teach these people. Mm -hmm. And um, before he left, one of the people that came to be taught how to disciple others, she was like, um, could you please pray for us that we can have the freedoms like you in America? And his heart broke. He was like, no, I won't. And they all, all their eyes like welled up like, what? You're not going to pray that we would have the same freedom like you would? He's like, look, where I come from, if you have to drive more than 30 to 40 minutes to get to church, they're not coming. Where I come from, if there's no AC, they're not coming. You guys took a, a train ride here 13 hours, right? You just told me that if you get caught, because I want to know what happens to me. What's going to happen to me if I get caught? You're going to jail for, th for, three, for three years. I'm going, to, I'm going home in 24 hours? Yeah, no. You guys, we're, we're too comfortable where I come from. It's so much harder to get people to, you, you memorize the, the whole book of the, the first chapter of Peter because you got it on bits of pieces of paper. So you're trying to memorize it as fast as you can because it's all contraband, yeah. right? So like, and what I say about comfort is like here, you think about, okay, what we're reading now in Acts, right? You have the, the picture of, you know, them being put in jail because they're professing the name of, of Jesus and they told them not to. Then an angel appears and frees them. They go, the guards go to get them and they weren't there, but it was secure. They didn't say, usually when you escape jail, what, what happens? You're on the run. What do they do? They go right back to where they're not supposed to be. Ah, but what the, but, but what the religious leaders called out was, 
We told you not to preach in the name of Jesus. They didn't go put him back in jail. In fact, they were able to walk away. So they escaped jail with the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And they didn't go back to jail. So I'm just wondering, I think maybe, just maybe, a lot of people are scared to be used by the power of the Holy Spirit because you will be used. Uncomfortably, yeah. There's sacrifice. With great gain comes great sacrifice. I mean, we get we get uncomfortable, as Johnny said. I I, I do believe that. I would be more uncomfortable just putting on the outfit, standing outside. <laughs> that just that so alone. Even if, even if you went <laughs> but, like this, and, and we went, and you know, people would be surprised because we wouldn't be asking for money. We're not. We're just all we're doing is trying to give something, even yeah. if we dress in our normal clothes, just like right now. And I would, you know, dare say that. You know, some people might accept it. Some people look at us, you know, askance like this, and others might call the police. And we might get arrested, you know. These people in China that took this 13-hour train ride to go secretly meet illegally to be able to hear the gospel from an American pastor, preacher, teacher, evangelist, whatever he was, they're taking their walk very seriously because they're not, in lieu of jail time or, or being mocked and ridiculed or persecuted, they know how important it is to come together to not forsake the assembly like it teaches us in the scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're talking about just Americans or, or whatever first world country where it's like, we don't, if there's no AC, if there's no coffee, if there's no, you know, daycare for the kids or whatever. If the seats don't have cushions. People yeah. come to sit on yeah. concrete to listen to the word, I mean. Yeah, so, so I, this is what I'm saying is, is like, clearly they're taking it very seriously onto exactly, and it's like, how, how seriously do we take the gospel and the Great Commission, this idea of making disciples of all the nations? You have to have such a strong relationship to the Word because the Holy Spirit is your teacher. You could have a Bible teacher, but humans are mortal, they're, they're fallible, they make mistakes. But if you have your Bible and you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, we know for sure, according to the gospel um, from Luke, that God will give you the Holy Spirit because He's holy. So if you have the Holy Spirit and then you have your Bible, he will give you all the theology you need, and God knows first and foremost who your network of people around you is and which will respond. So he'll, he can prompt you with whatever your mission is for the day to go out and do. And maybe that's take a 13-hour train ride. Maybe that's go over to China. So there was 21 people that went to, to, to this like private like class, what have you. The teacher asked them, who here has been arrested? 18 of the 21 people have been arrested. Yeah. 18 of the 21 people. And they're still were, coming to me. And they're still coming to me. Exactly. And, then, and then he goes, so how many people are you guys leading? And they were like 20 million. When you think about 20 China. 20 million. They, oh, you, wow. When you think about China, it's like how many, the population, 2 billion, something crazy. It's life and death is my point. That, so, so that means that they, their hearts were set on so many people that they never even met yet because they know that the power of the gospel could set fire to other people and it would continue again spoiler alert people are gonna there's gonna be oppression people are not gonna be happy to hear that you stand for the gospel yeah. all right now pick up your cross and walk yeah so so so, so just let, let's let's just weigh it logically so you profess Jesus and Jesus will profess you before the Father. You deny Jesus, Jesus will deny you before the Father. And so now you're in a social situation, a family situation, a community, work-based, whatever it is, and you don't wanna share your faith because you're afraid of, let's just say, an awkward feeling. Let's just say the way people might look at you, it might affect your promotion at work. Let's just say that, let's just say worst case scenario, you're fired or your family ostracizes you or you're, you're bullied because of it. So what, fast forward 50 to 100 years when you're dead and gone, or they're dead and gone, 
this is where the, the eternity begins. Now, now you're before a holy God for every wrong thing you've ever done in his eyes. And do you have Jesus there who is interceding on your behalf? Or does Jesus say, depart from me, I never knew you. And, and you had heard the gospel enough that you were a believer and he gave you that talent of faith. He gave you that little bit and you did nothing with it. Let, when I say it's life and death for those people, those people in China, that, that teacher or whatever, they understand the severity of what this is. The, this is so important, guys. Whoever is listening, God have mercy on us all. Get up and go. It is time. It's time to get on the field and play ball, period. Yep. Jesus doesn't need you. He's inviting you. He mm. wants you. He wants you in heaven and he wants you to do the will of the Father because that's what counts yeah. when all this is said and done in the yeah. next 50 to 100 years for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy to like in that country, like you can, it, it's like, if, think of like if you did a crime here, like if you stole something and the police came and arrested you for stealing something, like that would be slightly what it's like as if you were caught with like a Bible in your hand or doing what we're doing here. We would have to be like in someone's basement doing it secretly where we'd have a we would have a seventh guy who's sitting at the door just making sure that nobody's coming there's no sounds you know like or we'd have like a, a camera set up or something and yeah like i told you guys i had that dream where we're like we, we had to go and like do the service but we had to record it on videotape because everything digital got tracked and we had to smuggle it so the people i think i, I remember dave i told you about that i had like a, 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 and i was like that can so easily happen here and that is what it's like in china in like north korea like north korea is like you know there it's like yeah you're saying like three generations so like if you got caught here in north korea if we were having a meeting and all of us got caught you your kids and your parents all thrown in the jail when we when we pray after uh, our meeting after our session, I, I believe that most of us, if not all of us, thank God for the opportunity to be here mm. to mm. do this Bible study with each other because of what I'm you're saying. I'm just glad you have air conditioning. <laughs> These are cushioned seats. Too. Thank, thank you, Ben. Because of what Ben is saying, not about the air conditioning, but about uh, other countries being persecuted, we need to thank God every day that we are in a country that we can meet here, as Ben says, without having to have a guard at the door, worry about uh, stormtroopers bursting in and saying they're studying the Bible and burning our Bibles and throwing us in jail. So, yes, I am thankful, Lord, to, to have this Bible study. And further than that, and I'm going to make this comment on a personal note, Injectus, doing this has allowed me not so much to be as forward as I can be, but I have been able, just in my contacts with people, I haven't realized, I've shared a little bit with you, but every day now, I'm, I'm able to share that I'm a Christian with people a lot more. People are, are talking, and, and I find there's a lot more Christians out there, or at least more people interested. Like Johnny does it, I think, probably as good as anybody I know, or better than anybody that I know, and, and I'm getting into that. And I did take you up on your, it wasn't quite a challenge like Judas 555, but I've took my little Bible off my shelf in there and I've carried it with me. I don't, I have this one with me today, but I take it in my car and I take it everywhere just like I do my, my phone and I'm gonna try to do that every day, just like you said. So uh, there are so many benefits that we have that we should never take for granted based on what Ben is saying and what we all know about other countries. Because could it be gone tomorrow? Maybe not tomorrow, but you folks see what's going on in our country. And regardless of what 
persuasion you are politically, our, our faith, the faith in, in the Bible and Christianity is being torn at by a lot of different sides out there. I want to go ahead and, and, and wrap things up here because uh, we, we've gone a little while, but I, I want to close with this one thing because it kind of ties all this stuff in together. And it's that when Philip went out and he was preaching the gospel and doing all these miracles, chronologically, it was right after Stephen was martyred, right? And, and so Stephen and Philip were colleagues. And so they were both appointed at the same time. And so very likely, we don't know exactly the timeline, but it was shortly thereafter. And, and you would think that after seeing one of your buddies, one of your comrades, one of your colleagues get stoned for preaching the gospel, and the very next thing you do, you see is Phillips out there doing the same thing. And, and I mean, again, it's like we're talking about China, we're talking about all these things. And I think it just kind of brings it full circle. It's like these guys were like badass. They were just like, you know what? Okay. Steven, he he uh, he's he's out, down for the count, but you know what? It's my turn. Somebody else S- got to S- take over. You know, or, or, or the the visual that it reminds me of is uh, is if you saw the movie Saving Private Ryan, and they're trying to take out the machine gunner. Right, that was like a classic scene. And, and there they storm Normandy, and they're behind this cliff, and they're like, take out the machine gunner, and he's like, private or whatever, he's like, take out the machine gunner. Guy gets killed. Take out the new machine gunner. Guy jumps out. Whoa, 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 gets killed. Next. And it's like they're just going through, and each guy just jumps out. And it, that's kind of like what Philip was doing there. And uh, and I think for us, yeah, I think it's inspiring for us to say, hey, you know what? I'm not at risk for getting stoned. But yet to the same extent, we need to stand strong for uh, for what we believe in preaching the gospel. But anyhow, that being said, um, let, let's let's rein it in. And I, and I think also, because we're already kind of starting to dabble in um, the, the next chapters here, let's go ahead and open up the, uh, the next chapters, um, eight through, uh, 14 there. And, um, and obviously we can continue on with these other ones. What's that? <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm going to talk about, uh, for Steven next week for sure. <laughs> well, and, 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 that, and that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. but I think they just kind of tie in together. They sure and, did, yeah. and it's so, a good segue. so I, I kind of want to like open that up and we can continue in the chapters that we're currently in as well, but I want to at least open up those because I think a lot of our conversation is going gonna, that way. Yeah. It's kind of leading in that direction. So, so we'll, uh, we'll begin that process and, uh, um, good conversation, but, uh, sorry to cut it short, but. For everyone's benefit, we, we, <laughs> we, we got to end it sometime. I know we can go on for another. So couple otherwise, we'll be like Joe Rogan and have like a three-hour podcast. So anyhow, with that, let's wrap it up. Thank you guys for joining us. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.